Welcome back to the Emergency Power Podcast. You've made it through another week, so sit on down and charge up with us. All right. We're back, baby. Just plug it in. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. It feels like the real start to season two, because last episode was like us just trying to get stuff together yeah. as a party. Fix trying our to not up. be dead anymore. Yeah. It, was yeah. very much, it was very much a Joss Whedon season opener in a way. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's a good thing. You guys were on this up, 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 and then this crazy down as you guys got out of the city. And now it's down at the lull and it's starting to rise back up again. I'm, I'm ready to get chased by some giant plant monsters again. I don't know if I'm there yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, Pass. Not All right, quite sure everyone. Ready for plant monsters. There's a surprise right behind you. Oh, it's a plant monster. Yes, <laughs> it's just what I wanted. Like an episode of Jerry Springer. As a matter of fact, we've got a plant monster right behind the stage. <laughs> so so one. Let's bring him out. Stay tuned for the uh, augmented reality version of the Emergency Power <laughs> Network, <laughs> where there's just like random plant monsters popping up behind us all the time in camera. Yes, somebody please make a VR game out of this. I want to live this reality in which I cannot escape from plants. I would and totally I have be down goblin for sidekick. VR Starfinder, VR Finder, if you will. <laughs> it feels appropriate cool. for the setting, honestly. All right, Paizo, take note. I want VR <laughs> Finder. I'm sure you don't even have right to pay us that. for this idea. This one's free if you just <laughs> make freebie. it happen. Yeah. <laughs> From all of it, us man. to all of you. <laughs> all right, where did we last leave off? Ooh, okay, so you guys... Mid conversation. We're in the oh, middle right. of a conversation. Uh, you guys had followed along the shoreline trying to pull into somewhere that might not be so dangerous. You guys didn't want to go up into the atmosphere or anything just in case you could be detected up there. So once you picked up Victor, yeah, moved out into the middle of nowhere and yeah, started a conversation with him after, of course, Pons healed him and the bullet just dropped out of him because he had oh. been shot by those soldiers coming out of Io. Mm-hmm. You know, the conversation quickly moved towards the Diamond Eye of Triune. For some strange reason, it was just cut off right in the middle. I don't know what happened. There's a Tetrasaurus, mm. right? <laughs> the, the Gravolodon. Uh, uh, yeah, that's, that's the name of the planet. Not a dinosaur. Not Roar. a dinosaur. All right, so the heat of the blue star blazes down on the reaching desert. Endless grains of sand glide through the breeze, trying desperately to consume the sky ship as it does all things. This is a hostile place, but somehow the environment inside the second hand may be more concerning. The temperature is rising as we open the tomes of emergency power and begin volume two, chapter two. Yes. Second hand crew, it is it's my great regret to inform you that the climate control unit no longer seems to be functioning. It may be due to all the wonderful local sand. Under the mid-afternoon star, current external temperature is 45 degrees Celsius. Internal temperature is steadily rising. Oh no. We're gonna get all sweaty in here. I I'm on it. I'll scurry <laughs> off to go try and try and fix the AC. 
I'll come with you. If you need someone to handle external repairs, I can handle the climate better than organics. Uh, that's a good idea. I just, just start to secrete this like mucus. It's not pretty. <laughs> better keep me cold. Oh, all right. So you two run off to, <laughs> you know, deal with the ship. And uh, Victor is just sitting on a box in the cargo hold almost mid-sentence as you guys run off to deal with this. Only Pons is there and Pons just kind of like looks down from staring into nothingness, thinking about a giant space dinosaur. Mm-hmm. And Victor's just kind of staring at him. And he clears his throat. <clears throat> Did uh, you wish to continue the conversation or should I save it for later? Uh, we wanted to know more about this um, giant uh, space guy, the, the crystal one. Uh, the diamond eye of Triune. Yeah, did uh, you have or... any more information about him? Um, it is a planet. Uh, uh-huh. It was uh, a gift to the galaxy for all to share by Triune himself. A beacon of hope to reflect the truth in the darkest of times. But the covetous nature of mortals was too much. The Vesk and the Pact Worlds began trying to find ways to withstand the unbelievable gravity that acts as a shield for the eye. We believe that one of the groups did indeed find a way and the moment they set foot on the surface of the most holy world, Triune in his infinite indignity and sadness punished all the galaxy for their hubris. Or so the data pads say, your presence here does complicate that somewhat. I've been mulling it over since we last spoke. It's uh, most vexing. Would, would, this, would this gravity prevent people from being able to exit its surface, perhaps? I would imagine so. It's, from what I understand, strong enough to create diamonds on the surface of a planet. Oh. I have come to believe that the unforgivable sin may have been misrecorded. A likely and understandable occurrence giving what was perceivable from this planet, or indeed system. I now believe the unforgivable sin may have been localized to this system that Triune pulled the system out of space to veil the greedy and lecherous eyes that had fallen upon it. When your ship came out of the, um, what was, what was it called? The, the drift? His eyes go wide, not unlike the first time when you guys spoke to him about the drift. Yes, the drift. That's what it was called. He stares at his hands for a moment as if not recognizing them. When your ship came out of the drift, that changed everything, and it may be that Triune sought to protect the system and the treasures therein. I can only guess that's what the gravity did, but perhaps it wasn't enough. I it is Isben has been having some 
nightmares and uh, has mentioned something about uh, a prisoner some somewhere trapped here would you happen to know anyone that would fit that type of description mm. of there was more info to be had about that uh Eastman had said that this place is a prison for mm -hmm. this particular person so you might throw that in there yeah okay that makes sense well so so that I'm, I'm getting that maybe the diamond eye could be the prison even i think so but we yeah. don't know for sure uh just just wondering if uh maybe people are stuck on the the diamond eye or perhaps there's someone that has been at the center of this planet for a while his eyebrows come down in concentration and he thinks for a minute a prisoner perhaps they were the first person to set foot on Gravelodon. I, I can search through the holy text, but I do not know offhand of any figure that goes or is referred to as that moniker. Um, all I have is theories on what could have taken place, and most would be, most would see them as heinous sacrilege. We're being frank. If only I knew what was taking place on the other planets in this system, it could debunk some of those theories. If only we had a ship! <laughs> All the time I think, like, oh, Scriff would love to leave this place. Pod's <laughs> just, yeah, that is a pickle. Yeah. <laughs> but other planets. <laughs> I, I'll look into it in what ways I can. If I come across anything that seems relevant, I'll let you know. I am quite hard-pressed to think anyone could live within a planet of such gravity, much less inside it somehow. Mm, yeah, I wouldn't imagine so. You'd probably get crushed flat. Um, my <laughs> only other question here is, is there seems to be another, like, robot kind of looking guy with a human face walking around oh have you seen anything like that no i certainly can't say i have i would say that 5e is the only sro that i've seen in a long time there were others i'm sure when these places were colonized but in so far as my own personal experience they are extremely rare hmm yeah well this one has like the skin of something over its face and it's it's been given is been some yeah, terrible nightmares it seems like maybe it was responsible for um the i like lift up my arm and kind of like gesture to it being removed or maybe that was the goblin probably have to talk to her about that would you be willing to um look into that further what my yes if no one attempts to remove anyone else's arms in the process that would be for the best um when you say goblin, are you talking about Uzi Puswoon, the one who was with you? Yeah, the little fella over there. Ah, I see. Um, yes, uh, of course. I, I will talk to whoever needs help here. You were all so kind as to come pull me out of that city. I would like to pay my way on this ship, if you will. Oh, that's that's great because yeah, Isbin's been real torn up about the whole goblin, robot skin face kind of 
dynamic going on here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I would imagine I would be as well. Uh, of course. Uh, I'll I'll, uh, I'll go I'll go speak to her. Where where might she be found? As he kind of looks around the cargo hold, kind of like kind of yeah, go down the hallway and, and give like a slight knock on the cabin that she locked herself into just to see if she's awake. It takes a few seconds, but eventually, yes. I just kind of point and like continue <laughs> to point <laughs> in towards the door. Victor wants to talk to you. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> I just kind of walk, float back out. Oh, uh, yeah. He's like, uh, oh, all right. Like then. now. <laughs> uh, Victor steps up to the door. Um, my name is Victor, and I'm a semi-saint of the Church of Triune, and your friends have asked me to come speak with you. The door slides open, and a none-too-pleased Isben Espa stands on the other side. Oh, I don't know who you are, but you look like you have religion pusher written all over you, and I really don't want anything you're selling. <laughs> oh. Uh, please, uh, one moment. I... And by no means here to convert you. I understand you went through a horribly traumatic event, and as someone who has also had some experience with the Gurugatal, which I understand is who had you for some time, I swear I will make no mention of religion unless you ask directly. Isbin looks at Victor with an expressionless face. You live on this planet? Uh, yes, until recently my church was destroyed, and I lived in Io, closer than I would have preferred to Swarkus and his followers. Isbin tilts her head to one side. You're a Lashunta, aren't you? What happened to your antennae? Victor smiles sadly. How about this? Let's sit My down and business. have a talk. <laughs> Quiet up there. <laughs> how about this? Let's sit down and have a talk. I'll tell you how I lost my receptors, and you can tell me how you lost your arms. Isvin thinks for a second, and then steps aside and allows Victor to walk inside. He smiles, gives a nod and follows her lead. If great. I could please get a engineering check from those of you who went to go fix the air conditioning unit. Oh, right. yeah, you know it. You want to be, pri yeah, be primary I, on that? Uh, yeah, I already had rolled it. So <laughs> okay. um, you get plus two. OK, nice. Uh, so that'll be a 32. Ooh. Yeah. It's almost as if you're a mechanic or something. Wow. Level three, rolling some 30s. That's pretty gnarly. Okay. So, yeah, it is pretty much how the VI said it was. You look around and just all the vents are clogged up with this fine grain sand. And you guys just kind of hovering out over the desert just keep stirring it up. So it's just causing a little cloud all around you. So you fix it for now. You clean that thing out. Unless you have any plans to fix it for real, then it's probably just going to happen again. So 5e comes back in from the outside after having uh, helped to clear and change the filters. 
on the exterior vents, seals the hatch behind him, goes back to Scripps' position and says, I believe it's ready to restart the main components now. It will last us for a while, but we'll need to get out of this sandstorm. I hope the assistance I've offered here thus far has been a net positive. Of course, 5 I I appreciate your input. It's been such a help to have someone who is technically inclined a lot of times. It's just me and Kat. That is good to know. I am programmed to help however I am able to. I'm concerned that Captain Esper does not share your optimistic appraisal of my capabilities. I do not mean to cause harm to anyone. I have the same feeling about Captain Esper. I've been unable... it's, It's not my forte, really. I'm not good at speaking with other people, but I have felt that they have been unwelcoming. And I understand, I suppose, but at the same time, it wasn't even you that caused harm. And in the end, if Captain Asper cannot get past this mental block, then perhaps it would be best if we just left her somewhere safe. If she's going to be causing trouble to the crew, it would probably be best not to have her aboard the ship. Scriff, are you confident that I was with you the entire time after the ship crashed? Am I? <laughs> you know, you were chased by those goblins when you woke up in the desert. You came running, and he was laying outside the ship in front of it. Okay. I know what I saw after we fought off the goblins that attacked us initially in the flames there was another holding Espa's arm you were right beside me at this time that so is good do not doubt yourself I have experienced massive memory loss previously I worry about what could happen if that were to begin again I worry that I am not in control of my faculties well, if it would put you at any further ease, I'm happy to do another diagnostic. That would alleviate some of my concerns, yes. All right. Once we get this Gufonating Takiting back into shape, we'll go take a look. There is one more thing I have to do, though, and I will meet you inside. Agreed. Back to the task at hand, then. Bybee turns to a panel and begins resetting instrument switches. Once we wrap up with uh, doing the repairs on the uh, life support, I guess... Uh, I'm going to go in and craft really quick, a fashion a uh, crutch for Uzi since uh, mm. he's having some trouble getting around. And uh, so let me give you an engineering roll for that. Yes, please. Just whatever I can find. That's a 33, natural 19. <laughs> oh <my goodness. laughs> Save those get rolls for when you have to fight way, a, bunch of, <laughs> a bunch of robots. You kill it. I think I think this is a page turn right here. I think this is a new Scriff. This is a no, new day. This is just Scriff succeeding when it doesn't matter, and then <laughs> when when some critical moment comes, he's gonna roll a ten on his ac- his athletics check to jump across the giant chasm. Mm. Uh, 
<laughs> you got that out of the way. We're just going to move on. I'm going to assume that that is good enough to make a, uh, a crutch for Uzi. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you, could, you could just find, like, sticks lying around in the desert and do that, and <laughs> 30 would more than destroy that So uh, I'm, I'm going to bring this to Uzi, um, find him at some point when he's alone, and uh, I'll present this crutch to him. And as he's trying it out, I'm going to say, Uzi, you mentioned before that you had some falling out with your clan. Do you have any interest in getting back with them, meeting up with them again, making amends? You say something about go see wasties before. Methinks that you want to go there as well. Well, the thought had crossed my mind. But really, this I'm, I'm asking you if this is something that you want. And if so, why haven't you? Uh, Scriff will uh, sit down on a uh, piece of bulkhead or something that's lying around and kind of bows his head down says when I was younger my last semester at university I got into an argument with my big sister Nima I had accepted a job off world and as soon as I graduated I would be leaving all our younger siblings to fend for themselves even though Mama Kai had just passed away when Nima learned of this we got into a fight. I said some things that I should not have said, and in my stubbornness, I refused to apologize. I thought that that was the end of our relationship. I am never going to see Nima or my family again. But one week before I would be leaving, she came to me and handed me a data pad. She said, This is Cat. You see, there's an old Isoki custom that when you want to show someone that you care about them, you make something for them from a hobby that you both share. But even more special is making something that involves a hobby they are interested in and you are not. She never had any formal training with techie things, but she spent a month learning how to program in order to make this for me. Now, cat version 1.0 was nothing compared to what I have now, but the work she put into that datapad was really work she put into our relationship. I still took that job off world, but it didn't last long and eventually I ended up back home where my sasata was waiting for me. I say all of this because it doesn't matter whose fault it was, or what caused the rift with your clan. If you want to restore that relationship, you can take the first step, like Nima did. Those in fuzzy clan sound like they not even try to bite ears off when get mad. Space goblin clan not so nicey. Those get beatings just because of old man. Grids his teeth and sighs. 
Guess better tell you. Old festering Boyle used to be mega chief of Wasty's clan. On whole desert. Until filth between toes stab him in back. He friend turned traitor. And he stab old man in back with big knife. Festering Boyle should have seen it coming as mega chief. He forget how to be a real goblin. He's now coward. He's broken. He drags bad leg around on doing only job filth let him do. Cleaning dig worms pit. Pathetic with no fight. He see me in tunnels and look away. He never say nothing to Uzi after losing throne. No, boy, oh, sorry you get beat because he's so weak. No, is was just more clever goblin than expect to get stabbed in back as mega chief. <laughs> then none of this happened. He think people is friends and friends no stab you in back. Okay, Uzi okay. not welcome in clan. Old man is pathetic and weak. And everyone think Uzi is pathetic and weak and small. You know, you say your piece, you hear what he has to say a bit, and then you kind of leave him to think about it. Yep. Then I'm going to go meet with 5e and run another diagnostic. All right. So you head over, meet up with 5e to do another system scan on him. Tell me about what you do. Uh, well, he uh, mentioned being concerned about lost memories and uh, you know doing things that he wouldn't remember so that's where I'm going to focus and I'm going to like check around for any uh, memory degradation that's happened recently um, since we crashed on this ship so you go over and plug cat into the data port on 5e and as you look it over on the screen, you get this little thing that goes, eh, eh. and then you hear in Cat's voice, hey, scruffy, stuffy, scruffy, I, I have something I want to tell you, but shh, it's a secret. Come closer. Come closer. <laughs> Cat, are you drunk? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I want to tell you something for really, really real this time. I think we should see other people. Oh I want to see the universe, see all the planets, and tell them how cool I... You hear a sound effect of a crash play out of the speakers of Cat. Oops, I fell down. <laughs> the room's all spinny. Wait, I can't fall down. I'm attached um, to Griffy. I'll figure it out when I get up. <laughs> um, 5e, I, I rain check. I'm going to uh, <laughs> I'm have to I'll fix, my, my, fix my tools before I fix you. <laughs> Acknowledged. All systems on standby. And um, all right, time for a full diagnostic <laughs> on cat. Okay, give me computers check for that. Um, is this, since I am deeply familiar with, uh, Kat, and I'm not under a time crunch, I would like to take 10 on this. You can take 10 if you think it'll be enough. Computers is pretty good. I think Adam's just trying to get in my head. 
I have no idea what you're talking about, Stuffy Scriffy. Fine, I'm gonna bonuses. roll it. I'll roll it. <laughs> this, this is all your fault. Okay, uh, 29. Nice. Okay, that was good. See? One. Even better. Yeah. I told you. New page. <laughs> you start going through Cat's databases, and like immediately you're seeing all kinds of errors and issues. How that led to Cat sounding drunk, that one's a bit of a mystery, but you can tell that there is a virus or something within your system just wrecking house. Okay, um... What? <laughs> well... I um, imagine my surprise! Did I do yeah. that? I guess it's oh time gosh. for the next version of Cat. Uh, so, um, initiate factory wipe and Ooh. and reinstall base OS. Mm. All right. Uh, what's the Windows system that you're running this time? Or is it Linux based? It's Linux. <laughs> uh, this is, uh, yeah, it's, it's gonna, definitely going to be going to be Linux based. Yeah, just Slackware. Uh, install like I'll, I'll call it cat version. Uh, I don't know what version I was on before version. Uh, whatever today's date is. Uh, <laughs> cool. Yeah, cool. Got it. It's that version now. That cool. day. Got right. it. So yeah. yeah, you you reset back to factory default. You know, it, it hurts a little bit because you put a lot of work into that, but it's a safer bet to do it this way and just make sure you're not going to have any issues later. And hey, now you have, I guess, one more project to add to the list. You. <laughs> All right. Well, now that I have at least a base uh, level tool uh, to use, uh, now I can get into working on 5e. Go ahead. Give me engineering check on that. And Richard, if you'd please roll computers. Happy to. That's a 23 this time. Okay. Computers 25. Okay. So, Scriff, you plug into 5e and you immediately see things going wrong on cat right away. Like even this clean version. Hmm. Well, that's not good. Okay. Um, I'm gonna, now that I know what to look for, I'm gonna look for those things on 5e. Look for the, let's see if the source of this virus is coming from 5e. Uh, my computer's role or my engineering was a 23. Do you want something different for this? I'll take that. That's fine. You know, you, you start working with Cat to figure out what's going on in the systems, even as broken as it is. And you're seeing a lot of similar files and whatever is going on inside 5e is definitely causing what's happening to Cat. As a matter of fact, 5e, I am noticing some things that we can fix. Um, give me a moment. Acknowledged. Cat just burst into flames. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about that. That's nothing uh, unrelated. Really, because it seems a little unorthodox. <laughs> I will uh, attempt to repair uh, or remove whatever virus is in 5e. That one I will need another computer's check for. Uh, 26. All right. As you're getting into this system, you're finding your way to the base of it, the bottom code wherever that is and you just start 
clearing stuff out delicately because you don't want to clear out everything inside of 5e. But, you know, you start mm -hmm. trying to get rid of these programs, untangling them from anything else you can find that's necessary, you know, resetting systems. You find that you can get most of it. You can get the part, the malicious part that's trying to send viruses to other systems. But you also find that somehow it has changed some of the biomechanical parts of 5e. It somehow Ooh. affected those bits. Ooh. Do I know, like, in what capacity or, or what subroutines or anything? You can tell that it in some way connects to the central processing in his brain equivalent. Can I isolate it so that it can't infect anything else? I'll need a medicine check for that one. Hmm. Medicine? Mm -hmm. All about engineering. <laughs> can I persuade you with? Put some money on the table. Engineering. <laughs> Adam? Yeah, you feel like about as you've gone about as far as you can go with computers and engineering you've definitely stopped it from being malicious now it's contained to 5e's bio bits okay um actually i i do have some medicine it's just not great uh do yeah, i do I... you guys had like a mystic or someone who had medicine that'd be fortunate yeah i've got a nine in med in medicine what's yours mine's I think I put another point into it. It might be plus 11. Let me, let me check here. Plus, uh, is it a total of nine, you said, Jeff? I have a nine, yeah. yeah I mean, that's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad at all. Uh, that's about the same. Okay. Uh, well, I'll I'll call you over and one of us can assist, I guess. Yeah, I could assist. Uh, Pons, can you give me a hand uh, trying to uh, do some maintenance on 5e and could use some help with the biological side of the equation? Ah, you need a giant brain to help you figure out what's wrong. Okay. Figure out what's wrong with his head. <laughs> Got it. All right. It's big brain time. Mm. Pause right. just exudes big brain energy. The 17. That was a decently roll, low roll. Okay. But... Yeah, I'll, I'll assist for this one. Uh, and I assist. Okay. So a total of 19. All right. You guys perform essentially a surgery on 5e that's just standing there. Hans is using his magic touch to try to make sure nothing goes terribly wrong. You know, that oil leak that goes <laughs> out of the chest. Like He's like, oh, just like puts his finger in there. Just uh, fix that real quick. So it takes a while and you guys are just pulling out these weird black growths that are inside his oh, system. It's like venom. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor at all. <laughs> are they like organic plant matter perhaps hard to say mm. might have to do further studies it's like a fungus but for now yeah you guys are just pulling the stuff out it has to be a couple hours that you guys are just spending doing this you guys got as much as you can possibly find gross well, it looks like we got all the sludge out of the system and what, what's been going on in there 5e you've been like bathing in some weird sort of bath water or I am not aware of any deposits having collected in my internal components. This is most alarming. <laughs> He's looking over at the pile of stuff that you're digging out of him. His <laughs> logic sensors yeah. are kind of like 
on the fritz a little bit because even though 5e in the back of his cpu knows that some things are amiss that he can't tell you that was not on the list <laughs> so <laughs> oh it's like squeezing a giant pimple and just being like whoa i didn't even know that was there uh, oh delicious uh, <laughs> satisfying yeah. I can just see 5e because he's completely conscious during this whole time and you guys are just like cutting stuff off him. He just looks over at it occasionally. I have been programmed to say ouch every time you guys <laughs> do something. If I were a real organic, this would be quite painful, I'm sure. I would require <laughs> anesthetic. Yeah, by the time you guys are done, you just have on a tray this pile of disgusting black. You said mm. they're not a tumor, but they kind of look like tumors. Hmm. Can I attempt a medicine check on behalf of 5e to see if I can identify what that stuff is? Sure. Life science, even. I would take life science. Uh, I would prefer medicine if I can roll it. Yeah, go ahead. All right. But I, I mean, I have either. Um, do, do, do. That's going to be a 28. Man, Ooh. you guys are killing it today. Yes. Watch the first time we enter into combat, though. It's mm -hmm. all going to go to hell. <laughs> all Just saving all your rolls. Yep. <laughs> I know how this goes. All right. That medicine check, you look over this pile, you start pulling them apart a little bit, trying to understand what's going on. And as far as you can tell, these things seem to have been growing for a little while. This is not like something that just happened. And you're pretty sure that this is in a large way what interfered with your systems when you were trying to resist S3's commands and when you're trying to fight back, your systems were seizing up and not doing what you tell them. Somehow this was controlling you through a bio mechanism. Mm. It's kind of great. It was like emitting its own electrical impulses and just controlling yeah, everything. But he didn't even get, S3 didn't even touch 5e, did he? No, but it could have been something transmitted. Uh. Must, must be that 5G. <laughs> <laughs> That's as far as I'm going with that joke. That matter appears to be engineered to affect my auto-compulsory circuits. Perhaps that is why I felt compelled to shoot Uzi. Well, we should probably dispose of it. Oh. Does anyone have, like, a flamethrower? <laughs> flame Not at the moment, no. I just that keep would one be in my a useful pocket. thing to add to our armaments. <laughs> you should start doing that, Scriff. It would really come in handy with all these plants. You say you're going to use a flamethrower and all the things just like, eee, and roll away. It's like trying to escape. Now he scared them. Oh, no, now they're getting all into the it's ship. Like, shit's, shit's gone too far. I'm out. <laughs> Starts inching away. Yeah. Um... Uh, we're not going to feed it to Uzi, so we should probably we'll just put it in a it. in a milk jug for now or something. We'll just put it in an old mason jar and sit it up yeah. on this shelf for a few generations. Yeah, maybe maybe in the like storage area that was uh hidden, like in the back of the ship. Yeah, some we'll put it in some kind of airtight container. Sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, you guys shove it inside some container and. Do you want to put it somewhere where you can keep an eye on it, or do you want to shove it somewhere you never have to think about I it? Now, I don't want it out of my sight. I want to be able to observe this thing. That is actually okay. a good point. Uh, 5e will ask the group, do we want that matter to remain viable? No, no. I wanted it to, like, maybe we shoot should... it with the ship cannons? I think we should. <laughs> it would might be worth studying. Um... We don't even know what caused it. It's possible that it could erupt out of 5e again. 
In which case, okay. knowing what we can about it would be useful. 5e is going to roll a life science check to determine if this is an aerobic or anaerobic life form. Hmm. 17. I am going to Google what aerobic and anaerobic yeah, um, mean. One, no I know air. because I, I taught gymnastics. So, what, so are they very aerobic and can do backflips? Or <laughs> It's more a matter in simplest terms, does this stuff require oxygen sure. to, to photosynthesize or, or to, uh, to produce ATP, to produce energy? Okay. With the 17... It seems like this stuff could probably survive in a vacuum. Oh, okay. It appears to be anaerobic in nature, and I'm pretty certain that it could survive extreme conditions. Probably hard vacuum. I'm not certain about extreme cold or heat. I would advise that we keep it under observation with security system. Uh, if we have some extra cameras to assign to that cargo hold, it might be a good idea. Do you get all of that ship computer mm. that I have not named? I, I listen to ev everything thing. That's comforting. <laughs> We're getting a lot of that lately. Where would you like to store, store the foreign object so I may keep an eye on it? In the fridge? The fridge seems like a good idea, right? It won't get mixed up with anyone's food. <laughs> oh, I regret to inform you, I have no cameras inside the fr fr fridge. <laughs> Vacuum cancer, do not eat. <laughs> and it's right next to a jar of pickles. They just uh, are turned the other way. Now we can kind of keep it in the central cabin. I'd imagine if we can just. Does this, does this uh, ship have an aquarium? <laughs> There's just dead fish that have been in there for who knows how long. <laughs> Uh, They're no, probably plant-based inborn equipped with an aquarium. Swerkiscor does not strike me as the type of dude that wanted just some some neon betas to look at in between flights. <laughs> I don't, yeah, think you don't that's know how he's. He took those off the ship and put them in his personal quarters. I, yeah, so along with his differ. bonsai we, trees. We rifled through his personal <laughs> possessions. I think we we know a little bit about his hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. So what I'm getting is you guys want to leave it somewhere that is easily observed, maybe in the cargo hold, just like out in the center, but somewhere that's like in a cage. I don't know. As long as the, like, the container it's in is strapped down and not going to go flying, yeah. I'm happy I'll, enough. I'll, fa I'll fashion something if I have to, but I, it needs to be sealed. Yeah, sealed, visible. Okay. And you know, um, Scriff, give me an engineering check real quick. 18. All right, 18. That's pretty good. So you head to one of the walls in the cargo hold and you fashion to the walls these two clamps and put this nasty stuff inside a tube and slide it on and it closes and pshink, makes this captive tube that you guys can look at. And it has this weird black light that's kind of coming through the tube as it floats in there. Mm -hmm. Lava lamp, venom. I'm just getting all sorts of imagery here. This is, this is how Metroid started. That's bad. <laughs> I'll bet someone in, you know, the crew in the future in that universe is like, we should have just burned it with a flamethrower. See? See? This is what Pons was saying. <laughs> just carrying those around but right now. No. Here. No one wants to listen to the big brain. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I am. I'm curious, Adam, on how the uh, other crew members are doing at this point. 
Sure. Uh, do you want to go check on some people, Pons? Possibly, unless anyone else had more activities to do or repairs to make. I will um, say that, uh, 5e, you're feeling better. Like, it's a whole lot easier to move around. You don't feel sluggish. It's feeling good. This does appear to be a market improvement on system performance. I believe I am now operating at 98.5% of optimal capacity. Thank Excellent. you for your efforts. We'll get that other 1.5% next time. As you head over to wipe cat again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's exactly what I'm going to do. <laughs> Sorry, cat. That's okay. That version of cat is dead and gone forever. Oh! Very positive. <laughs> Okay, let's go check on Uzi. Okay. How yeah, doing? Uzi has been in the medical area for quite a while. You guys don't have like an official medical area, but it's like a room that you mm -hmm. just kind of set up to be that at this point. And he's sitting with his little legs kind of dangling off the bed. And he's got these crutches sitting across his lap and he's looking down at the ground. And uh, as you enter in, you do it silently because you're just floating and he doesn't even notice. He seems to be lost in thought. How, how are you feeling? This ah! is Oh, oh. squishy bonds. <laughs> oh, well then no, no, you come in. Oh, what? I, I just wanted to know how you were feeling. Arms and legs work a little bit better. They're not hurt so much. Squishy bonds, super helpful. And fuzzy scriff make these sticks so I can walk. Oh, so, oh that's excellent. That part good. Uh, we were um, trying to figure out, I, I assume we need to get out of this sandstorm before the AC fills up with dust again. Do you know of any other locations around here? Oh, you come to talk about Wasty's clan too? Scrifardy come in, tell me I should think about making up with clan, even though Uzi do nothing wrong. Oh, well, is it like a cool underground cave? Because that's what I'm hoping. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's big underground caverns. They're just perfect size. Barely even taller than Uzi to get around in cave system. So much fun. If you have friends chase you in caverns, it's fun play playing game. Or, you know, you need to get lost in caverns, so no get kicking. But is big and so many goblins oh so many mm, yeah i i think i'm gonna let scriff talk to you I'm, I'm a little bit confused but uh as long as we do you think we could keep our ship there that would be a big help uh, why tollies want to go there uh, if you somehow convince mega chief that you're not invading then perhaps maybe but or Uzi, think of something. We invade, and then we kill Mega Chief, and Uzi become the Mega Chief. Yeah. Oh, I got a plan. Let's get a big flag and put your face on it, on the ship. Whoa. Yes. His eyes glaze over as he imagines a big flag on the ship with his face on it. <laughs> I'll go ask Griff what we can do. Why do I feel like we're about to deviate from our mission statement? <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys know that Uzi is always in favor of the more exciting way and the way that causes explosions. Yeah, I'll go convene with the uh, other members here and, and just kind of see what is our next location we're uh, planning on visiting. Uh, have we, uh, we figured out a, a destination yet? Uzi said 
you talked to him about his uh, clan scriff, but um, I also know that the giant crystal in the, the the sky is of interest as well. Yeah, and the drift beacon. I believe that we should prioritize the Gravelodon, but I also think that the proximity of the Goblin Clan is a useful avenue to track down while we are nearby. They may be able to offer us additional insight into the culture and capabilities of the Silan. Okay, well, we don't have any other repairs. Um, I'm basically ready there for There are departure. always more repairs that I can do, uh, but I'm, oh. I'm holding off until uh, we have some more time. Sand has begun to build once again. Ah, yeah. uh, yes. Another reason why we should get moving. Yes. Well, what do you say we go take a look at the Drift Beacon? I think it's in orbit around this planet, yes? That's as far as I understand. I is our, that's right. Uh, Adam, is our ship uh, repaired enough that it can go into orbit? Presumably. It's, there's a fairly good chance that well, it'll work. I say, I say going briefly into orbit is as good a way to test as any, so uh, let's go scan for this drift beacon and go check it out real quick. If you believe it won't be too time-consuming, then I suppose that is a more expedient route of action. So I'm gonna need a piloting check, and I'm also gonna need a computer's well, check. I know who our pilot is, so I'll take computers. <laughs> You guys start pulling up out of the desert. Pilot check 13. It's not super. Computers 13. check 23. You guys pull up out of the desert, creating this dust cloud all around as you do. And since more or less you guys are going straight up at a bit of an angle so you can get to outer atmosphere, you pull up and you start seeing the clouds disappear under you and the air starts thinning out around you. And just as you get to the upper atmosphere, the engine starts having to crank like crazy. Like you're trying to push way harder than is necessary to keep moving up. With that computer's check script, what you're detecting is there's way, there's gravity in space is what you're detecting as you try to push out of the atmosphere. Somehow it is pushing down on this planet. Huh. Along with it, you do with the drift system, detect the drift beacon out in space. Who was it that said the drift beacon might be the planet? I will find out who, and that person gets a popsicle. Grass to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Until then, I will have the popsicle. Oh, I don't like this. <laughs> yeah, that's less good. So what do we see? Can we get close enough without getting sucked into its gravity? We can't, the problem is we can't escape the yeah. gravity. Yeah, it's we, pushing yeah. we can't down attain escape velocity because there is more gravitic energy than expected on this planet. Our ship is fast too. Like we have mm -hmm. a mm -hmm. fast ship, and we can't escape gravity. Yeah, you guys are still gaining ground. It's just. If you guys keep attempting to obtain escape velocity as you are now with this ship, mm -hmm. it'll probably overload the engines. I want to try and can I can I try and push the engines just a little bit further? Before he does that, <laughs> okay. I want to I want uh -huh. to do the the droid thing. I want to roll physical science to determine if it is even possible for this vessel to to reach escape velocity under these conditions. Okay. Without, without compromising the physical boys. integrity of said vessel. 
that's a different um, check. Okay, fine. <laughs> but that's only a seven, so I probably don't have a good idea. Okay, yeah, right now you are just busy trying to make sure this thing is staying together. And that is occupying all of your Yikes. CPU at the okay. moment. Okay, it was worth a shot. Jeff, what you got all right, for so me? So I'm essentially diverting power to the engines. I got a 21, which uh, should, should be it. enough, yeah. You divert power to the so engines. So now we've got a speed of 15 oh, on our ship. Geez. That means you can do that in combat. Yes, oh, it no. does. <laughs> so you start pressing the engines and you're just putting all the power into it. They begin to heat up like crazy, but you do start making gains out of this. So if you have enough force, it seems that you can potentially escape this. However, if you keep going like you are now, your ship engines are going to explode. All right. Well, it's not impossible, but you guys are going to have to figure something out. If we build mm. a large trebuchet. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> can I give you guys a popsicle for that one? Yes, I can. Absolutely. I'm I just imagining all of us crowded into the cockpit of this ship just waiting expectantly and Uzi standing at the bottom of the trebuchet with one little goblin hand on the left. Ready? Ready. I can just imagine a trebuchet big enough to launch yes. a spaceship and the spaceship is just like sitting butt down in it. So if we have any artistically inclined viewers or listeners who would like to create fan art of that. Oh, please, please. I will give you a popsicle, whoever creates that. Yes. In fact, I will give you a popsicle and you can decide who it goes to. Ooh, I like it. Choose mm. wisely. So you guys keep going. Okay. You just keep flying straight up. I recommend we abort. All right. I'll shut the engines back down to normal operating uh, capacity. And... Um, I'll start turning the ship around on an entry vector and try to orient the thrusters so that we do not impact into the planet and, and immediately destroy ourselves. <laughs> okay. So so the, the drift beacon is the is the eye. And it has some sort of immense gravity that's making mm -hmm. crystals. But then they also mentioned the prisoner being stuck on this planet. So it seems like both objects maybe have this uh, shield of gravity, Wait, what perhaps. Was it, was it the planet I, that I don't we know. were on is pulling us down? Or was it the, the beacon we were flying to that was pushing us away, Adam? This second would be that's more appropriate. Okay, gotcha. Oh, okay. That is weird. Interesting. Mm. It's really weird because if that's affecting ships like that, then theoretically we should be able to determine a difference in the gravitic forces that are being exerted on us. Like, right? Would would you? Should we be taking penalties on athletics checks? Should our jump heights not be as much? <laughs> or is this something that's only affecting objects that are reaching the up, upper atmosphere and trying to exit? Is there a point at which that? influence stops and then it's it's normal-ish gravity the rest of the way down that okay yeah yeah that's what it felt like because it seems like we we're trying to push that through is... it which would infer so some then sort of field the normal the gravity is normal <laughs> until you get to that point you guys were getting into outer atmosphere and all that and then suddenly it's like bam there's a wall uh-huh so then hmm. uh as we're descending again i want to get back on the science officer station and i want to try and 
scan for any other drift beacons within range. Like, I'll try and plot a course to Absalom Station. How about that? That's the okay. strongest strongest beacon I can think of. Okay. You jump on the science officer station, and you get one and only one result. And it's the one you just detected. Yeah. I figured, but I wanted to make sure. We need to figure out a way to disable that gravity. Or just punch mm -hmm. through it. Yeah. Trebuchets, man. Yeah. Get some... <laughs> Really nice engines. You got really nice, nice engines. engines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get some backup sets. We'll, we'll put pawns on a torpedo and fire that through yes. <laughs> the gravity. Yes. Just strap him to a torpedo. He definitely won't just hit it and go. I can do that. Too many of our plans involve us turning <laughs> ourselves into projectiles. And I, I am all for it. Uzi is all for it. Yeah, let's, let's make landing then. I, I'm still down to go to Ponza's dungeon. Ponza's Wait, dungeon? Ponza's a dungeon? Better word. Sorry. He's got a mind <laughs> palace. Uzi's, Uzi's dungeon. Like, Uzi's yeah, I mean, home we could place. chart a course for that based on, um, well, I don't know. I think let's set down somewhere less sandy. I'll make a piloting check if need be, and then let's make sure that Uzi is good with that course of action and will tell us where we yeah. need to go. Sure. Okay, yeah, uh, go ahead, give me a piloting check. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> so that is that is a net result of nine on a natural oh. one. That's, that's yeah. less than great. So you're, you're concerned that you guys pushed the engines a little too hard, and you're just going to bring it down wherever you can kind of do that. Uh, yeah, it's still a bit sandy here, but... Maybe not as bad as before. You just kind of get closer to the ocean or something like that. So that mm -hmm. way you can hopefully stay away from the problematic parts. So you guys bring it down, put it in park once again, and hopefully in a spot that won't clog the AC so much. 5e looks at Scriffin Ponds and says, you two seem to have had the most luck speaking with Uzi up to this point. Do you think it would help if I had Woods with him as well? Maybe it's time we all had a group conversation. I'll get on the comms and call in the whole gang. Gang's Eastman, all here. Victor, <laughs> like... Uzi. They, they probably noticed, like, what did they just try to do? <laughs> so 5e's going to go get a, a couple of bed sheets and some shoe polish and make a big sign that says intervention. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to see if they reacted from we just tried to destroy the ship's engines. I mean, that wasn't the goal. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't. Everything is operating <laughs> optimally. Computer, tell everyone that everything's operating optimally. <laughs> I would love to tell them that everything is operating optimally. <laughs> See, you have it right there. Proof. So you guys call in everybody. The only place that could possibly fit is the cargo hold. So you guys pull some boxes over and just sit down in a big circle. 5e makes a point of disarming himself before he goes into that room, deliberately leaving his his weapons, his guns, and his baton elsewhere. Hmm, okay. I like it. So you guys head down the stairs of the cargo hold. People kind of filter their way in. You can see that Isben Espa is kind of hanging around Victor now. She sits down closer to him. See, whatever they talked about seemed like it 
has calmed is been a little bit. However, when Excellent. she sits down, she looks around at everybody and says, what the hell did you all just try to do with the ship? It was cooking like crazy for Ow. a second, and then I almost flew across the room. We attempted to reach escape velocity. We were hoping to leave the planet's atmosphere in order to investigate the source of the drift beacon that we had detected previously. It appears that there are complications with that operation. Tilts her head, looks at you kind of hard. What kind of complications? Scriff may be better able to explain than I. The drift beacon seems to emit some kind of gravity force field that our current propulsion systems are unable to penetrate. In other words, I can't do it, Captain! I don't have the power! <laughs> I cannot give more popsicles this episode. I can't do it. I can't do it, Captain. <laughs> Damn it, doctor, I'm a captain, not a doctor. <laughs> Victor also looks over at you guys. His eyes widen a bit. Are you saying it's more or less impossible to leave this planet? Impossible? No. Difficult? Determinedly. I'm not certain exactly how much force the propulsion system would need to have added in order to reach that escape velocity, but I expect that it may be beyond our current capabilities in the near future. It is a frustrating realization. Oh, and then uh, the diamond eye is a, a a beacon of some sort as well. A drift beacon? I, I believe so. Looks over at Scriff. Her eyes are kind that's, of big. That's what we were trying to approach to inspect was the drift beacon that presumably brought us here, but we could not get close to it. This place is, this planet itself is also a prison, not just this system. It would seem that way. So if we're going to get out, we're going to need a faster engine or some way to bypass the the gravity well. Okay, so Uzi think you'll make really big trebuchet. No, no, I already <laughs> tried that. I, I thought about it. it, it I just, I, it's not practical. But it's fun? Are you aware of the odds <laughs> of that plan actually succeeding? They're low. <laughs> Never stopped Uzi before. So if we can't leave, what's our plan? I look over at Uzi. We still need a place to lay low when we're not out trying to do a mission to escape. I think personally that Uzi's goblin clan is the only group on this entire planet that we might be able to reason with. We may also be able to gather additional intelligence from them about the Ceylon, which I believe will be important to us in the near future. Like can create like a goblin army and then just invade and, and never mind. <laughs> that has a slightly higher likelihood of success, hmm. but they're still pretty low. It would depend on how many goblins there are in this clan. I look over at Uzi. Before Uzi says anything, because he's got like these wide eyes looking at everyone who's kind of staring at him, Isbin says again, So we are going to trust our safety to this goblin. You do know he tried to kill me, right? He's also saved our lives at least once. He has caused you no harm since you entered this vessel. That's because he was broken. She just stares at you. <laughs> Captain, 
I can assure you that Uzi is an ally. The events surrounding the ship crash were extremely chaotic. I am sure that Uzi was caught as much by surprise by those events as we were. It is not unforeseen that someone would act irrationally under those circumstances. But to the best of his capabilities, he has acted rationally up to this point. I believe that Uzi Pus wound is worthy of our trust. And you can stay on the ship if you'd like. We'll take Uzi with us. I would also like to take the opportunity, Captain, to let you know that I mean you no harm either, and I would never willingly inflict any pain upon you. I do not believe that I was responsible for the injuries that you sustained, but I am sorry for your pain and your suffering. Okay, go ahead, give me a diplomacy check. <laughs> oh, super good. And I will say, <laughs> since you guys have decided to make this a group forum, anyone else who wants to throw in on that can do so. Well, they're welcome to throw in, but uh, spoilers, I got a natural 20 for a 23. <laughs> I didn't roll high enough to assist anyway, so <laughs> fine. How about you, Pond? Let's see, is diplomacy? I don't think yeah. I've rolled for that yet. <laughs> It's almost as if you guys haven't had too many opportunities to talk before now. Nah. Our next Hello. combat is gonna suck a cuff. <laughs> Hold on, 11. What was that, Cooper? 11? Uh, okay. yeah. That assists. Oh, no, does. 11 assists. Ah. All you gotta do is beat a 10. Nice. She stares at you as you tell her that, you know, you don't mean her harm. You weren't even the one who did this. And she just stares at you dead in your sensors. And you see Victor kind of like put a hand on her shoulder for a second, and she just kind of lets air out a little bit. She was in like this hostile, closed up stance, and she just kind of lets it out a little bit. So I have heard. It's going to take a long time before I can look at you and immediately think that I can trust you, but we are in a crazy situation that makes no sense by anything I have seen in all the years I've been piloting. So when it's said to me that there might just be another robot on this planet that looks like you, I might just believe it. I will continue to work to earn the trust that I seek from you. Would it help if we, like, tried to put a, a a smiley face on 5e so he looks different than the other robot or like paint some flames she yeah. like recoils back when you say a smiley face <laughs> maybe not a smiley face that was just make make no maybe we no. can make your chassis more uh more uh non-threatening but i am already programmed to look non-threatening oh more artistic then Anyway, his design is pretty artistic. He's got swooping lines built into his white frame. You know, it's it looks nice. It Chad. looks clean, except for you know all the dings that are now there. Mm. He takes a moment to regard his physical form and then looks <laughs> back at Pons quizzically. Could <laughs> add some blue, yellows. You know, nah, it might stand out too much. The detail would have to match my LEDs. We can discuss it further at another time. Hmm. So Ozzy. Would you be willing to disclose the location of, uh, you know, the entrance? Oh, it sounds like there's not much choice here. Uzi's father is weak and pathetic, and bringing Uzi back there will do no favors to Tali's trying to make themselves welcome, but they also never let you in unless Uzi's there. 
Wait, is is he implying that his father is the old chief? Yep. Ah. Okay, you know what? I wasn't on board with it before, but uh, Cooper, I like your idea now of putting Uzi back on the throne. Yes. <laughs> and we could have an actual goblin army. That'd be amazing. <laughs> so if Tollies think we need to go there, Uzi will show everyone where Goblin Fort is. Oh, glad he's so enthusiastic about this. Well, we also need to have a way to, you know, not be attacked on site or a way to get them to stop attacking. Um, Goblin flag, man. <laughs> <laughs> Big old banner out front of our spaceship. Yeah. If ship lands anywhere near Fort, Warhorn blows. Don't recommend flying there directly. Maybe not. Good idea. Would an open approach favor our diplomacy? Perhaps somewhere further away from the fort, but clearly visible. Uzi was thinking, maybe we do fly in. Nothing says power like good entrance. We fire cannons. <laughs> boom, boom. Now Uzi is one who knocks. I feel we are receiving conflicting signals from you about the plan. <laughs> is there a... a, a method to, to challenge the war chief of course is goblin you kill war chief you become war chief i was thinking more of like a like a death match like one-on-one -on -one. old man lost throne and is still alive so is there is way to do but no goblins have to take any kind of challenge like that tollies have to be very convincing mm. okay Maybe that's what we do instead of shoot. Otherwise, we have thousands of goblins kill us. That seems suboptimal. I think it's time to issue a challenge. All right. So mission is fly close by, but not within sight, and then walk our way there. That would probably be best way to get there. And if you want to show power, make challenge too big ugly face is that their name no no <laughs> his name is filth between toes oh that's not a whole lot different or better <laughs> that's uh, his unfortunately strong goblin name even though uzi hates him what if we were to engage in some visual subterfuge as part of this show of strength uzi's eyes are just like blank as he looks at you. <laughs> Scriff, could we salvage enough scrap metal to make cosmetic modifications to the weapon system to make this ship appear more heavily armed than it actually is? Something that would command respect in the eyes of the goblins. Uh, well, if I've learned anything about making things look intimidating for goblins, we need lots of bones. All the skulls. Uh, where could we find that? We could chart a course for a desert area, attempt to scavenge some biological remains of creatures that have been picked clean by scavengers. Let's just go scavenge for some bones, and we'll okay. we'll decorate the ship uh, and make it look a little more intimidating. Yeah, 
Okay, sure. I'll even take ten on a survival check to see if we can come up with some big freaky looking bones out of the desert. With a, that'd give me a seventeen. Okay, so you guys head out into the desert and just kind of fly low looking for anything that may have died out here. And there's definitely weird looking bones that you guys are coming across. Skeletons that look like worms. There's things that look like what might be described as six-legged horses. There's just weird stuff out here. So like the biggest skull we can find, I think we need to mount on the prow of the ship. And then if we could find something that had like um, spinal remains, yeah. like a spinal ridge that we could then weld onto the top <laughs> so that we almost Dude, have this like the second like, bio... is gonna look rad yeah like uh, this biopunk looking oh, ship I, I have an idea so take that skull that we're gonna we were gonna put on the front and instead we're gonna reinforce it with scrap so that it's durable enough to be fired as an attachment to the forward tether so like oh, it's, that's that's the thing that we fire out is just this giant skull with its mouth agape Yes. Oh, that's I'm a awesome. fan. <laughs> that's Fire amazing. that baby off as we land just for a show yes. of force. Yes. Oh, jeez. Oh, I think we're okay. going to get swarmed. All right. <laughs> I'm ready for it, though. Yeah, with enough looking around, you guys can find it. Like I said, you guys find these giant worm things. You can just take some of the jaws off that thing, put it on the front of your ship, reinforce it. This is everything I want a ship to look like. <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys have seen any of the imagery for it, but uh, the Eoxian ships, which is the planet of the dead, like yeah. all of their ships are based around, like they look like spinal columns that fly through space and stuff like mm. that. Okay, so you guys spend a little bit of time doing this. You know, you don't find all the bones in one place, so it's going to take you probably a couple days to do this, but mm -hmm. you got some time now. Uh, since I'm not since I'm not going to do the uh, survival because I'm terrible at it, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll spend those days doing more upgrades on the ship that I can sure. do internally. Um, so Tell me what you're going to do. Yeah, one thing I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to upgrade the uh, do an upgrade on the computer. Uh, to, to make it a uh, Mark One Trinode computer. Go ahead, roll a 1d4 for me. That's going to take two days. Two days, all right. That's pretty good timing. While you guys are looking around for these bones, you're fixing up the computer. I've, I've never felt more powerful. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I only had one stutter instead. <laughs> <laughs> good for you. <laughs> okay. So Uzi joins 5e in the cockpit, and, you know, he's a goblin, so he doesn't have any coordinates, but he points general directions and tells you landmarks that he's seen and things like that. So as you guys are in flight, he gets up from his seat, puts the crutch under his arm, and hops over to the door, and he presses a button on the wall and looks back as it makes a quiet swoosh noise behind him. Robotali! Uzi won't talk to you, and only him. And he kind of hobbles closer again. Fuzzy Scriff and Squishy Pond say, you not try to kill Bug Lady. That in Bernie's ship, it was other computer head look just like you. But Uzi know better. Uzi know that robots just like goblins. Look for best time to strike and be innocent as baby digworms when times is bad. I do not understand what you are saying. 
I have no memory of causing harm to Captain Espa. If you have information to the contrary, I would request that you tell me about it immediately. Uzi smiles and nods knowingly like he's in on some secret that, you know, basically he, he seems to think that you're just playing along with what he's saying. Other Tollies seem to think taking advantage of situation is bad thing. Uzi no care if you try to stab Bug Lady. Uzi try to stab Bug Lady too. Goblins, no, they're not biggest or strongest or smartest. They know they at best at surviving. They do anything it takes to win. Just like pewters like you. I am not interested in winning. I am interested in helping my crewmates achieve their goals, and in doing so furthering my own. Mm. Uzi's smile gets real big. Yes, see. Uzi use Scriff and Squishy Pawns, just like Squishy Pawns and Scriff use Uzi. And Uzi use 5e Robo, just like 5e Robo use Uzi. Goblin style. <laughs> All right. I'm going to step in a little bit closer to Uzi, and I'm going to lean over a little bit to emphasize the height difference between the two of us and look <laughs> down at him. This crew does not treat you as disposable. I do not think of you as disposable. I consider you to be an ally, but your words indicate a potential betrayal of trust. Rest assured, if you betray any of this crew, Captain Esper, Victor, Scriff, Pons, or myself, I will end you personally and see to it that that chieftain remains on that throne for as long as I possibly can. And if you have information about what I may have done to Captain Esper, then you will tell me, perhaps not now, but we will talk about this. And I'm gonna drop an intimidate. Please do. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was 19. intimidated. Ooh. He gives you a little nod before kind of like letting his eyes unwiden a bit. It's hard to say whether or not he has been converted to believing this or not, but he definitely believes that if he does anything that you think is a betrayal, that you're going to stab yeah. him, but good. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't believe that further conversation with him at this point is fruitful, so I'm simply going to press the control panel to open the door and leave him. I got chills. Uh, unless I'm still piloting the ship, in which case I should probably <laughs> just turn back to the instrument like, panel. I'm done. And, and ignore him. The Walks back in. I'm supposed to be here. You get out. <laughs> it's like the, the robot pilot equivalent of making it rain and then picking up all the dollar bills. Yeah. So Uzi sits back down in the seat next to you, looks over at you, and you can tell his gears are turning inside his head. And he, he nods a little bit and says, I see, maybe Robo's not quite like goblins, but when we get to Goblin Clan, keep eye on everyone because goblins work like this. They work to survive and be best at surviving. And if it is not in their interest to help then many stabbings i am appreciative of the supplemental data you have provided me about your culture rest assured i have integrated it into my logic circuits 
Right. Okay, take left at palm tree. <laughs> Acknowledged. <laughs> I'm going to take that turn hard enough to kind of make him wow. shift in his seat a little bit. Oh, here we go. As I float across <laughs> the spaceship a little bit. All right. So he gives you these directions. You take a sharp turn. And as you pull out into seemingly an empty desert, as you start to get closer on the sensors, it detects a small building. And on the cameras on the outside of the ship, it zooms in and you can see a tower sticking out of the desert. And we'll see you in the next chapter. Oh, yeah. all right. Goblin Village. When life drains you down, charge up on the Emergency Power Network. Theme song triangles by Diamond Ace. Find them at bandcamp.com. Music provided by Nicholas Judy of Dark Fantasy Studio at darkfantasystudio.com and Tabletop Audio. Find them at tabletopaudio.com. Font Azonics by Mixo. Find them on Twitter at MixoFX. The Starfinder role-playing game, including its official lore and images, are the intellectual property of Paizo Incorporated, all rights reserved. Narrated by Danny Lee Collins.